everyone, and welcome to episode 64 of the App Advice Weekly Podcast. This is your host, Trevor Sheridan of AppAdvice.com, and joining, coming back, is my co-host, Brett Nolan of AppAddict.net. So join us this week as the App Store is amplified with Vikings, Ostriches, and Moose Men. How are you doing today, Brett? I'm doing pretty good. I'm ready to turn it up to 11. I was away on vacation, and now it's back to playing games. So let's get at it. And as usual, there's a bunch going on, so it doesn't matter if we take a vacation, the App Store doesn't. And so we'll start off with Apple News, because that is the area that does seem to take a vacation, just because it's so as expected and predictable at this point, where you'll see a news story that two new iPhones are coming this fall, or iOS 12 is coming in June, or just various things like iPhone is responsible for 85% of profits in Q4 2017, or the best story, featured apps in the iOS 11 app store can see an up to 800% download boost. Who would have thought that featured apps by Apple get a huge download boost? Yeah, it must be a super slow news day when they're just basically reporting stuff that everyone knows. Like, do they have a quota of articles they need to write? I don't know. But, yeah, it seems like this is all just common sense articles, and there's nothing that really interesting that we're getting as far as Apple news. I mean, next week we'll have the earnings call, but even those have now become pretty much the same thing over and over again. But... I don't know. Hopefully we'll get some crazy news story and uh, have something more to talk about in the next one. Maybe it's uh, those leaks that Apple's cracking down on. The more they crack down on, the less there is to actually report. True, true, yeah. And so that means it gives us more time to talk about apps, and the App Store definitely doesn't disappoint. So the first app we're going to discuss this week is called AmpMe, which is an interesting app because it's been out for a while but it just is gaining popularity and so the way that it works is it lets you essentially start a party with your friends so that everyone's music is synced together it's designed and advertises a way to kind of create almost a speaker system with multiple phones so say you know you're just over at your friend's house you have a few friends over you have four phones you put them all on the table and then it syncs together the music on all four phones so that way it amplifies the audio because rather than just using an iPhone speaker you're using four iPhone speakers and this lets all kinds of different possibilities because each person can kind of participate and add their own songs into the queue to see what's coming next and be essentially the DJ for everyone else. Yeah, this was really cool. I had never even heard of this thing. It has been around for quite some time. I think they're up to like version 5 at this point, but I'd never seen it before. And I installed it on two of my devices. When you register, you register either with your Google address or with uh, Facebook you can use as well. And so I just went on, on Facebook on both my devices, started playing on one of the devices, had that on my right side, started up on my iPad, and it immediately I saw that one there ready to join, joined it, and then they sync up and it even asks you if the, the music's in sync and it was perfectly in sync. And then it was like super loud stereo sound coming from both sides of me. I don't know. It sounded really good. I, I was kind of surprised. I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. And then also one other kind of thing I just experimented with was what happens if, say, you and a friend both have headphones and you know you go for a walk or whatever and you don't need essentially your phones out 
would it work in that scenario? So I had my AirPods and my friend had regular headphones and we both had our phones set up, synced using this app and it outputs the sounds to the headphones so you can kind of both listen it to it together, kind of be there together. But, you know, it's not where, oh, I have one pair of headphones, you put the one earbud in your ear and I'll put the other earbud in my ear. You can get that full kind of headphone experience, but then be in sync with one another. Right, yeah, and I don't know that you necessarily even have to be real close to each other. I think you can join parties even if you're not necessarily right there next to each other. The one thing I did notice was it, it advertised that you can use your own music library. Uh, it mentioned Spotify, YouTube, and SoundCloud, I think was the last one. Apple Music didn't seem to be supported, so as soon as I tried to like go in and play anything that was on my local device it kind of prompted you to search for it on YouTube and play it from YouTube instead. It's It said right on there that Apple Music isn't supported. It did for you. Mine pushed me towards Apple Music because I right now I'm using Google Music, and it's like, you have no songs in your music library. Please subscribe to Apple Music. Yeah, see, I don't know why. Mine popped up a, a message that said, Apple Music not supported. Because uh, I have a Google Music subscription right now, too. And then it just it had me click a button to go and search for that actual song on, on YouTube. And then it found it on YouTube instead. That's really weird. Yeah. Huh. But, so, I mean, it does advertise to use Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, or SoundCloud, like you said. So... I don't know why that wouldn't show up for you. I don't know. Because I don't have an Apple Music subscription. And maybe that's why I said it wasn't supported, because I don't have a subscription. I But it listed all my local uh, music that I had on my device. It just, for some reason, wouldn't let it actually play. I do pay for that other, what's that other thing, where where I can ha carry my music through all my devices. The thing Apple had before. That iCloud Apple's. Music Library? Yeah. Yeah, so I have that. I pay for that. Hmm. Yeah, because I just opened it right now, and at the bottom, if you you know, there's four choices of the different things, and if you press the little yellow file thing, it says, "Would Aunt Me would like to access your Apple Music library?" Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I pressed too. And then then it also then once I did a search for one item on YouTube. Then when I went to go add more items, it wouldn't even let me go to that because it said you can't mix sources. So I had to use just YouTube from that point once I started a playlist. Right. Yeah, they can't mix sources is a little weird, a little bit of a hassle. Yeah. But that is Ant Me. It's been around for a while, but if you haven't downloaded it, it's worth checking out. There's a bunch of different scenarios you could possibly use it in, and I think that's the most appealing factor. Because even if they pitch it one way, you can use it in other different ways. Yep. And so it's free, it's universal, amp me. And then that means it's time for some games. And the first one this week is Oddmar, which is a deluxe platformer adventure game with this little Viking guy who is kind of dismissed by the rest of his clan. But then he gains special abilities that... In turns, come all magic comes with a price. So then his village disappears, and so now you have to kind of fight your way through the haunted forest or forbidden forest to get everybody back and rescue, save the day, all that kind of good stuff. And the game is really made with iOS in mind, where you have all these swipe controls. You simply slide on the left side of the screen 
screen to move Oddmar back and forth. And then on the right side of the screen, you swipe up to jump, and that lets him kind of plant mushrooms in the ground to offer spring. But then once you're elevated, you can swipe down to slam towards the ground on mushrooms and other objects in the environment to kind of get a big springing boost. And as you go, you just unlock new abilities to allow more complex kind of level design. But no matter what you do, you really appreciate that this is a grand scale kind of platformer adventure game, just with the art design that has like that classic cartoon, really polished, almost Disney-esque style to it to really appreciate as you're going along. And then just all the details in the way the levels develop and kind of change themselves. So you have three big uh, collectible coins to find kind of at offshoots. And then there's the regular collectibles in the environment. There's various kinds of enemies that become more and more complex. And just all of the classic platformer elements are there just in a really beautifully designed package. Right. Yeah, this feels like it could be a console platformer, but instead of trying to find a way to pigeonhole physical controls into this thing they designed it from the ground up to use the swipe gestures and touch controls that work so seamlessly that it feels so natural to play it like you don't feel like you're you're trying to play what could have been a a great platformer on a on a console you're playing a great platformer native on your touch device and like you said the, the, i mean the visuals are stunning as you're going through this and just being able to pull off all these different moves and there's other times where you can while you're in the air swipe to the right and your your guy dashes to the right and just the the level design themselves lend to you be able to kind of explore a little bit but still kind of stay on a certain path there are different objectives that you can do with each level so some of them will have you collecting a certain number of coins or finding all these little secret tokens or hitting or uh and there's also this whole separate kind of like dream world thing you can enter but one of them that's in there is a speed run so not only do the controls have to work well just to move around and play the game, but if you put a speedrun in there, you have to have dead-on perfect controls. Otherwise, a speedrun just doesn't work. And this, like, the speedrun was... The, the times that they put up there for you to beat were challenging, but not too challenging. And obviously, you're ignoring everything else as you're going through the speedrun. But just to have these multiple different objectives allow you to replay the levels over and over again and kind of aim for something different or a different approach depending on what you're trying to accomplish. And then, I mean, the best example of that speedrun is just that you can pull all off a wall jump as effortly as you could possibly imagine where you simply swipe up in the direction of the wall and then you swipe back the opposite direction and you're pulling off that wall jump exactly as you would need to as there's, you know, that wave of kind of dead skeleton warriors coming after you so nothing ever kind of gets in your way so you can fully enjoy all that oddmar has to offer as you get to unlock various attacking abilities with new weapons all in that kind of norse mythology and viking ideas because eventually you're battling towards valhalla so you need to have all that kind of classic mythology incorporated and they just do it so well to make you want to go from level to level keep playing and these levels are pretty large scale you know they're not the most expansive forking pathways but since there's only 24 levels each one takes you know a bit to get through it's going to have a lot of different sequences 
to it. Right, yeah, and especially because there are a few of them, there's these sort of puzzly elements to them where you kind of figure out, you have to figure out just the right rhythm, especially if you're going for the coins, and you know how many you need to collect and how many you've collected, and you get some for, for killing certain creatures. There is this little shop gnome that appears every once in a while, or a troll, or wherever he is, a goblin, I think he is, uh, and then you can go to him, and you get these upgrade. you can purchase upgrades for your sword and for your shield, and those unlock as you accomplish more and more of these these uh, challenges as well. So there's always reasons to go and replay levels or to explore the level and try to get as much of the content as you can. And the nice thing they they do is, say you've, you just missed, because this happened to me, you just missed the coin challenge by two coins. Well, you don't have to run through that entire level all over again and collect all those coins all over again. The ones you already previously collected are kind of sort of grayed out a little bit. You can still collect them if you want, but it's obvious the ones you've already collected and the ones you've missed. So it's easy to find the ones you missed, and you don't have to collect all the ones you previously collected. You can just go for the ones you missed, but... There's not this constant of like, oh, where is this thing? You can kind of just work your way through. And in my case, they happen to all be in the dream world because it was, those are like speed runs unto themselves where you really have to like get through them because you have things chasing you or the screens closing in on you. But I was able to quickly find an extra couple of coins around to be able to accomplish that, that goal as well. Yeah, all those little kind of pieces are taken into account. This comes from the team who made Leo's fortune. And that idea of just really being friendly for iOS and thinking of the player is all incorporated, as well as the beautiful design. But then Leo's fortune, it's... I mean, I think it's a 2014 release, so it's getting up there in age. And a lot's changed. And Oddmar seems to take advantage of all that to really kind of amp up everything for a more deluxe experience where Leo's fortune is really made for iOS, but it's a little bit simplified since your character is mainly just sliding on the ground or floating in the air. This is more that classic adventure idea where it's even kind of like the banner saga in terms of design and theme, but then formed into a platformer adventure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this definitely took, you could tell that they took what they learned making Leo's Fortune and just really upped everything, every aspect of the game. Even, like, the visuals in Leo's Fortune were gorgeous to begin with, but this one looks amazing, and they have these cutscenes that look like you're watching an animated movie, and I don't I, I this is just a real standout for the week, and I, I'm kind of surprised it was only four ninety nine. I thought... For sure, when I heard this was coming and I started and I saw the trailer for it, I thought this was going to be even higher price-wise. But four ninety-nine, it seems like a good, de- a very good deal for the content that you're getting. Yep, if you're even remotely a fan of platformers, Oddmar is one of the best on iOS easily. Yes, definitely, and it looks like it supports game controllers. But I would this one I wouldn't even touch for the game controller. It works so well as is. Yep. So that's Oddmar. It's four ninety nine. It's Universal. And then there's the Moose Man, which is free to download. And then there's going to be a dollar ninety nine in app purchase to unlock the entire game. So once you get your head wrapped around that, you can then hear about the game, which 
it's an interesting game that's also based on mythology. This one is a whole different avenue of mythology, but essentially you get to play as the Moose Man who can move between like the three levels of the world. So there's the middle section that is incorporated where mankind resides, and then there's the bottom section, which is essentially like hell, and then there's the top section, which is the heaven where the gods reside. So you get to move between all three sections, and then you also have the ability to change the perspective within the world. So you simply move left and right, and then you tap on the right side of the screen, and that lets you become the Moose Man and view all these kind of white caricatures of the environment you see this whole other world is living right within or right together in sequence and so you need to use that to essentially move through this puzzle platformer or puzzle adventure game where you need to look at the world from the right perspective to be able to move and get you know the different pathways and the bridges and all that kind of good stuff yeah, so it's the visuals. It's kind of like that limbo style where it's all of that really dark but beautiful grayish and dark colors and muted tones. And as you're walking through, you see stuff in the foreground that kind of almost blocks your view of the character as he's moving through the through the wherever it happens to be. Like something will come into your view, you'll you won't be able to see the character. It'll pop back out. But it's really kind of gives us this. 3D perspective, but as you're going through, you have to keep on switching back and forth between almost that like present life and the afterlife kind of setup to see those things that are in white. That and your interactions with them will be different. So there might be something that when you go into this afterlife that you see more details. So like the very first puzzle, I'm not giving anything away is this bear and you you kind of just see the shadowy bear until you go in this afterlife and then you can see his face so you know when he's awake or when he's asleep and then you have to solve the puzzle that way and navigate your way past this bear but there's other times where there'll be all these other weird creatures and things where you can maybe walk on them when they're when you're in that white vision or otherwise you just walk right through them if you if you're not so you kind of constantly having to switch and it's that's where the puzzles come just knowing when you have to trigger this thing back and forth in order to get things to move or get or allow you to move over things and it's just it's not terribly difficult but it's interesting in the way these puzzles are built that force you to kind of do that back and forth as you go yeah, so the the switching kind of the perspective, it reminded me of the Silent Age. That was more of a, you know, 30-year time difference point-and-click adventure, but it changes the world based on how you look at it. And then just the whole kind of setting and theme, it reminded me of Never Alone Kai Edition, where that was kind of more the frozen world, but still similar ideas in play. Just this is more going, descending into the depths and then rising instead of actually being in a frozen world. But they make it so, like you said, it's not the most complex game in the world, but it's compelling enough so you want to play through the entirety of it. Right, and if I totally agree with your your analogies there, but uh, the other part that's if it's 
going to be interesting to some, maybe not so interesting to others, is just all the mythology, and they go into extreme detail in this mythology. You don't have, you can skip that part. It's just, you can go into menus, which will go into depth about the various things that you encounter, and these other little, like, totems that you collect throughout the thing. I think this is all based on real fact, because there's, like, details under each thing about books that they got this information from or sources for all this information. So if you really want to go in-depth on the mythology of the game, there's a lot of content just there that you can read through and if you're if that interests you as well. Right. And there are a lot of details to the mythology. So it's essentially... You know, a lot of mythology we know, where it's Greek mythology, North, Norse mythology, it's been in various kinds of forms of pop culture, so it's more well-known. When you have more niche mythology that you might not be familiar with, it really lends itself to learn about it when you're playing through it rather than just reading about it. Like, this is probably something most people would never find a book for to read about or research, but in the game form, it makes it that much more compelling. Yes, yeah, I completely agree. And so that's the Moose Man. It's free. It's universal. The free is to get the download. You essentially play through the first level, get the ideas in the game, and then right when you're into that second level, you're hit with that $1.99 MNAP purchase. So keep that in mind because if you get into it, you're going to end up paying two bucks. <laughs> yeah. And so next up is Retro Highway, which is, a, as the name suggests, a retro-inspired arcade racer essentially where you're on a motorcycle there's all kinds of speed it's high speed fast-paced challenging action and all you try to do is weave through traffic survive as long as you can and then you can amplify your score with various ramps to jump off and then you have a nitro boost multiplier where things get even faster but your score racks up that much quicker which is especially helpful when you get those jumps and then as you survive longer and longer those cars are going to make it tighter and tighter to kind of weave between. And then you'll go through these tunnel sequences. And if you go off a ramp in a tunnel, you're just going to smack on the roof of the ramp so or on the roof of the tunnel. So you need to avoid the ramps in the tunnels. And it's just, you know, it's not a groundbreaking game, but it kind of has that just like Horizon Chase classic retro arcade idea, just more an endless version rather than specific races. I was hoping you'd say Horizon Chase, because <laughs> this is no Horizon Chase. Horizon no, Chase was good. This, I don't know, this was an endless endless runner, but set up in this weird, or like a, I guess kind of kitschy, fun, retro style. And it's all face-on that you're doing. But you're basically just going as long as you can, avoiding cars and going off ramps. The biggest problem I had was that... Even if you try to just steer away from things, and they do start to do new things that come in as you progress through the game and unlock different locations, because it is procedurally generated, they don't have any kind of error checking in their generation, because they'll throw on ramps on there while you're going under, like, bridges. And so as soon as you hit that ramp, you're going headfirst into, into the bridge that's above you, and you're not going to live. And so, I i mean, I wish there was a little bit more care in the way that it did kind of build the levels just so that you're not put into a situation where 
if you go off a ramp, you're definitely going to get killed. A, a ramp should be, you're going up in the air, and then you have to steer to maybe avoid some things, but shouldn't be shooting you right into the bottom of a bridge. I, I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was kind of fun and interesting for a little bit, and especially when I got enough coins to then unlock another world to just see a different, or another location to see a little bit of a difference. But this is not one that I'm going to play for very long at all. Yeah, there's too many of the traffic dodging games on iOS. There's probably a few thousand, tens of thousands of those traffic dodge endless runners. And so to do that and then make the most appealing aspect that it's designed like a game out of the actual arcade that you would play, that can only be so appealing. So once you kind of get into that and once you die a few times you realize you start at the same beginning outset the same number of cars on screen that's easy to avoid and it gets tougher and tougher and it's tough to actually go back and keep playing that style especially when you think of a game like horizon chase where there's specific races you know you have 20 cars you need to pass to get to the finish line after three or five laps and then you're going to unlock a brand new area a new environment with a new challenge and it gives you that incentive to keep wanting to win races to unlock new things. There's no winning this game. It's just survive as long as you can. And by 2018, that's a tough sell, <laughs> especially when it's a style that's so familiar to other things on the App Store. Well, especially because there's a lot of ads. They're basically bombarding of the ads to try to get you to pay for the unlock to kill the ads. And there's too far in between these upgrades or new locations or because the locations you unlock by hitting these various goals. And some of them, those are pretty easy and they roll over. Those aren't too bad. It's more the upgrades in your vehicles. You need to earn a lot of coins to do it. And I found like the power-ups that give me double coins, they didn't pop up that often. And I didn't, I didn't pay for the upgrades to make them more powerful, but... They didn't seem to pop up that often, or if you miss the very beginning of a coin run because you were over on another side, you may not be able to get that coin doubler. And then it was just a lot of coins you need to collect, so you had to play a lot in order to get that next vehicle, or do I not even get that next vehicle? Do I wait to get an even better one now that I already spent some time collecting coins? Am I going to spend even more time collecting more coins to get something that's actually pretty decent, not just a slight step better than what I have? And so, I don't know. It, to me, it just felt tedious and after a short while, and... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it has that mission system where there's three missions at a time and they usually give you objectives to kind of change the way you would drive, like go 25 seconds without going off a ramp or get five seconds of airtime. So then you focus on all the ramps and it slightly changes the way. But then it feels more like, oh, I need to do this run just to complete this challenge. And if it messes up my chase at a high score, so be it. And it kind of it's not within the flow of the game where it's more like when Alto's Odyssey or Alto's Adventure does missions, it feels like you can pull off the missions and still do a great run. This one, it seems like you have to choose. Right. Well, although with Alto, it almost feels like some of those you have to pull off a great run in order to hit some of them. Yeah. Well, this but at one, least you have that incentive. Yes. At least you have an incentive to keep going. This one, it tells me to kill myself within the first 500 miles of this thing. I have to die in that range. Otherwise, yeah. I'm not going to get the, the, the goal. Like, yeah, I agree. 
Yep, so that's Retro Highway. It is free. It's universal. And then to round out the week is Ostrich Among Us, which is honestly one of the craziest <laughs> game premises I've come across in a long time in that essentially there's this group of three ostriches dancing around in the park. And you are another ostrich, so you go to join their band to be that fourth ostrich, and you try to dance in rhythm with them. And so to dance, essentially you either swipe up, swipe down, or tap the screen. So swipe up, you kind of, or you can also swipe left and right. And so you get to see the ostriches, and they go in sequence. One, two, three, and then right on that fourth note, you need to perform the move. You can swipe up to kind of raise your neck, swipe down to drop it, and then swipe left and right to do like a shimmy left and right, and then you can tap the screen to shove your head into the ground and then as you go they're going to build those moves together where you'll kind of tap and your head smacked in the ground and then you'll swipe left while your head's in the ground and then you'll kind of remove them all in one sequence so it's just a kind of building upon itself and it's that quick action you know arcade challenge just with a little bit of rhythm aspects added in you forgot the main key part you are the ostrich wearing a hat. With the hat. Yep. Yes. So, so there's this, these three random ostriches that are in perf perfect sync rhythm, and you have to join them, but you wear a hat. And I, I don't know. This Yeah, this is the most bizarre <laughs> premise for a game. It, it, it took me a little bit to understand that I need to do the move just in time with it because I would do the moves correctly and then all of a sudden it like failed me out and said you only did one you only got one move correct or you only got five moves correct I'm like what am I doing wrong what am I doing wrong because my guy is moving I'm doing the tap to put his head in the ground and all of a sudden it, it blew out so you really have to have rhythm perfectly you have to be in rhythm with those other birds in order for it to count otherwise you lose and you have to start all over again and basically the goal is to just keep on playing through and unlock new hats i because it's just the same thing over and over again to get new locations it's the same kind of catchy then it gets kind of annoying song as you keep playing but i don't know it's weird and it's kind of fun I don't see much longevity in this. I don't, but it it was weird and fun. It's goofy enough to be worth that initial download, and it is nice that the song isn't just super annoying right at the get go. It has you know a nice beat to kind of get into it. After a few plays, though, like with any song, there's only so much variation you can, especially when it's a simple tune and note that is you know just a few seconds, but. Like you said, I don't know about longevity on the device, but for those first few minutes you play, you can't help but laugh at the premise of the game, you're the ostrich wearing the hat, and the animations of the ostriches doing <laughs> these dances. And if you do last you know, a certain amount of time, it unlocks this kind of coin tapping sequence where you just tap the screen a whole bunch, you're in a bunch of coins like fans throwing it at you, and then you're right back into the kind of quick action sequences of it. It kind of reminded me of Disco Zoo dance part. Just, you know, you have full control of it. Yeah, I didn't get to that point. I didn't get to the coin part. <laughs> I, I think the longest I lasted was like seven or eight or maybe nine. Uh, but yeah, you, you, the half the time you mess up just because you're laughing at these ostriches, especially once they start going and they start doing the moves like all in, like at first it seems, oh yeah, I know exactly what you're doing. You're moving left. Then it starts to speed up a little bit. Then you got to try to remember, oh wait, 
that's a swipe down, that's a swipe right, that's a tap, that's another tap. Because sometimes they'll move with their head still on the ground. And so you're like, wait a minute, you didn't pick your head up. So then you got to quickly remember how, which way to move. I don't know. It gets a little chaotic. And I, I don't know. It's fun, but don't expect much. Yeah. So if you like those arcade rhythm games, you'll like this. And I think they could have had more songs and it might give you like unlockable songs. It might give you more incentive to kind of keep playing it just because it would feel different even if it's the same gameplay mechanic. But just as is, I don't know how long you're <laughs> going to keep Ostrich Among Us on your device. Yeah, I don't know. I, my, I guess is there's going to be some people that are just completely smitten with this thing and they are going to play through to get every hat. Yep. Me, not so much. <laughs> but an ostrich wearing a hat dancing around, how can you not laugh at that? Oh, yes. You have to download it just to see the ostriches dance. Adam, yep. So, Ostrich Among Us, free, universal, and I think that's everything for episode 64. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> to everyone listening, we hope you enjoyed, and we'll talk to you next time. Talk to you later. <laughs>